Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately going to connect with. You're going to totally, totally resonate. It's going to totally be your vibe. And then there's going to be other ones that you're going to be like, hey, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Good morning to everybody here at Breakfast with Champions. Just to give a quick introduction to myself and my topic. Uh, my name is Dre Baldwin, former nine-year pro athlete, author of 29 books. I created this whole brand called Work On Your Game. It's all about taking the mental tools that help you get to the top 1% in the sports world. And I teach professionals from all industries how to leverage and apply those same mental tools in the work world and in everyday life. And what I'm going to be talking about here today you know, when I was uh, reached out to about speaking here today, I saw today is Transformational Thursday. So what can I, Transformation Thursday, what can I give the people here today that will help them with a transformation mentally that they can then apply tangibly? And the concept I'm going to share here today is what I call the ethical unfair advantage. The ethical unfair advantage. Now, we know there's a lot of conversations going on in the world, depending on who and what you pay attention to about who has an advantage over who else, who is, does not have the same opportunities as others. And me coming from the sports world, you know, I had to be honest. I come from a world where there are winners and there are losers. I come from a world where it is a zero sum game where for the Lakers to win, the Knicks have to lose and it's competition. That's just the essence of what we do in the sports world. And life is a competition as well, even though there's abundance in this world, even though everybody can have their own quote-unquote win the way that we're looking at it, at the same time, we're building our brands and we're putting ourselves out there. We are in competition, even though just because I make a dollar doesn't mean you can't make a dollar. At the same time, we're competing for the attention. We're competing for the money. We're competing for the opportunity that might not be unlimited for all of us. So when people ask me you know, about this concept called the ethical unfair advantages, I've talked about this before. I remember I sent the text message out to my community and people, a lot of people responded like, what exactly do you mean by that, Dre? And this is something that I'm going to make sure I explain. I'm going to articulate it to you all here today so you understand exactly what it means. And as per usual, what I do here, for those who haven't heard me before, I'm going to give you three points. I'm going to explain these points and I'll recap the points as what exactly it means and why you want to go find your ethical unfair advantage. 
first point is this. Ethical unfair advantage is defined as, by me, where you have a leg up on your competition, but that leg up is not against the rules, is not violating anyone's rights, it is not immoral in any way, but you are putting yourself in a situation where you have a better than 50-50 chance of winning. That is an ethical unfair advantage. Let me give you an example. Any of you has ever been to a casino, you understand that the casino has an ethical unfair advantage over you. We all logically understand this, yet we still go lose our money in casinos. Why? I, well, somebody could write a whole book on that. But the casino has a, a leg up on you. Any of you saw the movie Ocean's Eleven, just like George Clooney said to Brad Pitt, or the house always takes you. In the long run, the house always wins because they have an ethical unfair advantage. There is no, no game that you can play in the casino that gives you an advantage to winning. There is zero. You might think there is just because you won a couple times, but in the long run, the house always wins. They have an ethical unfair advantage. If you're playing a sport like basketball and you're six feet, eight inches tall, and you're playing against somebody who's five feet, eight inches tall, you have an ethical unfair advantage over them. You did not violate their rights. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't break the rules, but the way the game is set up, the tall guy has the advantage over the short guy. This is just the way that it works. In life, you do not want a fair fight. Now, I know this might be, this might go against the way that maybe some of us have been taught and the way that some of us even think. You don't want fair fights in life because if every fight you get in is a fair fight, that means you have to be really, really good to win most of your fights. How about instead of getting in a fair fight, you get in a fight that you know you can win, where the odds are actually stacked in your favor. Again, not in violating anyone's rights or being immoral, but just setting yourself up so that you're playing games that you have an advantage in. When you're in fair fights, you have a 50-50 chance of winning and losing, and probability says you're going to win half the time and lose half the time. And that means, I mean, we just talk about, just we just average everything together. That means you come out zero. That means you come out, you basically break even. I don't think any of us wants to break even in life. I think we want to do better. We want to be in a better position later on than we are in today. A 50-50 chance of winning is what we call gambling. Gambling is unpredictable. And people who get into power in their lives, people who really create winning situations in their lives, don't put themselves in unpredictable situations too often. And not even 50-50 situations. They at least make it 51-49, even better, 80-20, somewhere where they have the advantage. Professionals in any line of work, we are predictable in our work and we're predictable in our results. Not only in what we do, but also we can predict before we do something how things are going to work out, how many products we're going to sell, how many people are going to open this email, what kind of results we're going to get. We can at least ballpark it in some way. That's what makes us a professional. An amateur goes into something and they just do the work and they just you know, cross their fingers and hope for the best. Professionals are predictable in the work that they do. Every professional in this room, you can predict your results when you go into certain work. You're not just randomly doing it and hoping that it works out, even if you're good at what you do. Smart people always play with a 51 to 49 or better advantage most of the time. That's what the casinos do. That's what the government does when they levy taxes. The game is set up for them to win in the long run. So even if you or someone else gets lucky and wins from time to time, someone wins in a casino and they make a whole lot of money, the casino probably isn't too happy about that. But in the long run, they can calm down and relax and rest easy. Why? Because of all the other fools who are going to lose money in the casino that same day. They'll still make money. In the long run, even if they lose one or two times. So there is no valor in fighting fair fights and losing. One of my favorite urban philosophers, a guy by the name of Jay-Z, he said in one of his songs, moral victories are for minor league coaches. We're not looking for moral victories. We want tangible victories. And you set yourself up for tangible victories as a professional by putting yourself in positions where you know you have a pretty good chance of winning. Point number two.
how do you actually set up this ethical unfair advantage? Now that you understand what it is, what you need to do is play the game on your terrain. Play the game where you know the field, you know where all the potholes are, you know where things will work in your favor, and you maneuver the situation so that you actually have the advantage. This is not being unethical again. This is not cheating. This is being smart. Uh, we call this intelligence. In the Art of War, the book The Art of War, Sun Tzu says, when you know yourself, you know the terrain, and you know your enemy, in 100 battles, you will never be in peril. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what is your game? So that you can play the game on your terrain, first of all, you have to know what your game is. Where are you better than other people? Where do you have an unfair advantage against your competition? Where do you have a head start on the competition? Where do you have information that other people don't have? And this is where you need to be playing your game. You don't need to prove anything to anyone else by playing a game in which you don't have an advantage and then gamble and, and put yourself in a situation where you could possibly lose and you could possibly win. Again, that's what amateurs do. Professionals put themselves in games that they win. If you look around at any professional that is really good at what they do, whether it's an athlete, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's an investor, whether it's a, a speaker, an entertainer, anyone who's really good at what they do professionally, if you really pay attention to what they're doing, you'll notice that they don't put themselves in situations where it's a 50-50 game. They always put themselves in situations where they have the advantage, and this is why they win, because they put themselves where they know they're going to win. Even if they lose a few times, in the long run, as I said, the house takes you, metaphorically speaking. So that's the game that you play. Anyone who's into investing, any type of investing, people who trade stocks, for example, they don't just randomly do trades like common folk who are, you know, they see some commercial on TV, they decide to get into trading stocks. They do deals where they have some form of advantage, whether it's an informational advantage, whether it's a time advantage, whether it's an access advantage. They're not trying, they're not playing a game where everyone has access to the equal amount of information. That doesn't make sense. That's stupid. You're, again, that's gambling. You're setting yourself up where you could possibly lose. Then you ever watch the TV show Shark Tank and all those sharks are sitting there with all that money and they're looking at this entrepreneur who wants an investment. The only time a shark even makes an offer, let alone do they decide to make an investment, is when they have some form of advantage. Okay, this is a technology play. Okay, I know technology really well. I know people that other people don't know. I can make phone calls that will get answered when I'm calling that other people can't make those calls. I'll invest. Why? Because they have having advantages that you don't have. The Lori Grenier says, okay, this can go on QVC. Okay, I'll invest in this because I have an advantage. I have an informational and access advantage that other people don't have. So it makes sense for me to get involved in this business because I'm giving myself a better than 50-50 chance of winning. Uh, even Kevin O'Leary, when he would make investments and he always makes these offers. You had to give me a royalty on every product you sell until I make my money back. Why does he make the offers like that? And sometimes they laugh at him for making these offers. But the thing is, He's only making offers that put him in a position where he will win. Again, this is what professionals do. They always set themselves up with an ethical, unfair advantage. And if they can't get that ethical, unfair advantage, what do the sharks say? They say, I'm out. Okay, I, I don't have an advantage here. I'm not investing. This is what smart people do if you're paying attention. So if you're out here trying to fight fair fights, eventually you're going to lose one of those fair fights. And the challenge with losing too many fights is at some point you might not get up off the canvas. So don't set yourself up to too many fair fights. Fair fights are for idiots and losers. There's a TV show on HBO that I guess you can still watch it. It's called Game of Thrones. And in Game of Thrones, there was this family called the Starks. And the Starks' whole thing, from what I understood it, and any of you who saw it remember this, that their thing was they always tried to be fair and just, and they were always very ethical and always very moral. 
the problem with being ethical and moral and fair and just all the time, as Niccolo Machiavelli said in The Prince, is that eventually you're going to run into some people who are unethical, immoral, not fair, and not just. And if you're not able to deal with those people who are different from you, they're going to take advantage of you. And any of you who saw Game of Thrones, and hopefully I'm not spoiling it for any of you who are just now watching it, a lot of people in the Starks family ended up losing their heads, literally, over the fact that they always tried to play the game fairly while they were going against people who didn't play the game fairly. The problem with always trying to be fair is that not everybody else is fair, and life itself is not fair. So you're already setting yourself up to lose if you think everything's going to be fair. And a lot of those family members, they ended up, as I said, getting slaughtered, trying to play the game one way while everybody else is playing a different way. And to those who survived out of that family, what did they do? They learned to play the game a different way. They learned what game they were actually in, and magic formula, they ended up surviving. So point number three, we're talking again about the ethical unfair advantage for anyone who joined me in the middle here. Your job in life and running your business and putting yourself out there and building your brand is to continually look to create and exploit ethical unfair advantages. This is what I mean when I say playing the game. My whole brand is called Work On Your Game. And it's helping people understand that no matter what you do in life, there's a game that you're involved in. And you have to play the game the right way. And the right way is not necessarily the way that you thought it was going to go. The right way is not the way that maybe your parents told you or that your teachers in elementary school told you everything was supposed to be. The game is however the game is being played. You have to know, you have to notice what the game is. Then you have to make your adjustments and then make the game adjust to you. And if you can't do those things, then you're playing the wrong game. Find a game in which you have an advantage. If you're, for example, a person who you feel like you're easy on the eyes, when people look at you, they like looking at you, you should be making videos and taking photos. If you have a, a voice for radio, as they say, then get on platforms where you can speak and use your voice because that is your, that's your tool. That's your most powerful tool. If you're great at writing, then you should be blogging and putting books out there. Whatever you're good at, play to your strengths. Everyone has heard that before. I, as a background, with my background in basketball, you know, back in the back in the days, I used to make all these videos about you know playing basketball and getting better at ball for up and coming players. Players, let's say 13 to 25, who were trying to make high school team, playing college, play professional basketball, and I would get a ton of questions from players, especially actually around right around this time of year about basketball tryouts. If any of you knows anything about sports, you know that basketball tryouts or football or any sport tryouts are like one or two days once a year. And if you don't impress in that one or two days, you have to wait the whole year before you get another chance. And maybe you don't get another chance because maybe you're about to, you're a senior. You don't get another chance. So I get all these players asking me, Dre, Dre, what do I do during basketball tryouts to make sure that I make the basketball team? One of the main things I would always emphasize to players is play to your strengths. Whatever you're good at, do that. Uh, if you're not good at shooting three-pointers, don't go to basketball tryouts and try to prove that you're Steph Curry because you're going to shoot a couple air balls and your shot's going to look so terrible. The coach's going to look at you and say, all right, this guy clearly doesn't know what his own game is, so why am I going to put him on the team? I'm not putting him in the game. He's going to go do that. All right, he's going to make us lose the game. So the coach is not going to want you. What you need to do is show off whatever you're great at. Whatever you're good at, do that. And if that's not good enough for that coach, then maybe you need to add some skills. Maybe you need to find another team. Or, hey, maybe the coach really is a hater and an idiot, like most players think when they don't make the team. But the point is, you want to play to whatever you're great at. I remember way back in the, in the 90s, I used to read this magazine, this hip-hop magazine called The Source Magazine. And it was all about, mostly about rap music and just hip-hop culture. 
and they had this section in there called the unsigned hype. And the unsigned hype would be, and this is way back when to actually put music out, you had to actually be signed to a record label. There wasn't a lot of independent musicians. And they would show off this new artist that nobody had heard of before, and they were letting everybody know, hey, this artist is on the come up. Somebody needs to sign this artist because they're really good. So Notorious, B.I.G., Big Punisher, DMX, all these guys got Eminem. All these guys got listed in unsigned hype before most of us even knew who they were. And I would always read the unsigned hype, the little articles about the person. And then at the bottom of the unsigned hype article, and I never made rap music, by the way, they would always have this little note about, hey, do you want to be an unsigned hype? Maybe you think you're the next up and coming artist. Maybe you need to get a shot. So here's what you do. And they would put their little address. Hey, send your, your demo tape. And this is back when we were using cassette tapes. And any of you uh, millennials or Gen Zers who don't know what that is, ask your parents or Google it. They'll tell you. And they would tell you, hey, send your tape to this address and you no know, care of unsigned hype. And this is what they would always say. They would say, put your best song first. Put the best song that you have, make that the first thing on the tape. And why were they saying that? They would tell you that because if they didn't like the first song, they're not listening to the rest of the songs. So they want to know what your best thing is. This is what I mean by playing the game. Whatever you are great at, do it first. I'll give you another example. There's a boxer by the name of Floyd Mayweather. I think everybody knows who he is, even if you don't follow boxing. Now, Floyd's, some of Floyd's detractors would say, well, Floyd's boxing matches are kind of boring because when people watch boxing, I guess they're expecting to see a slugfest and two guys just throwing haymakers at each other and you know, beating the crap out of each other. And whoever's left standing at the end is, is the greater warrior and the bigger man. The thing about Floyd is that his boxing style wasn't like that. He wasn't a slugger. He wasn't just going to stand in front of you and try to pound you while you pounded him and let's see who's standing. Floyd was more of a, more of a technician in his boxing. His whole thing was, I'm going to hit you, but you're not going to hit me. And he would be more accurate, and his fights wouldn't always be such, such bloodbaths because Floyd wasn't taking too many punches, but he was giving them out. And some people tried to criticize him by saying, well, you're not going toe-to-toe with this guy, or you're running, or you're dodging. or No, you're not, it's not an exciting fight. That was basically the only thing people were left to say about him because he never lost a fight. His fight's just not exciting. But the whole point of the, of the boxing sport is not, let me just see how many punches I can take. It's let me hit you and you not hit me. His whole thing was outpointing his opponents. And why that, what made that a smart thing for Floyd to do, maybe not for everybody, but for Floyd, because he knew what his strength was. His strength was, I am a technician at this thing. And that's what he did best. It would be stupid of him to try to play somebody else's game. The reason that he was successful, Floyd, because he knew his game and he played his game all the time. So let me recap these points that I just gave here. And if there's space for, I think that we do have a little bit of space here for some comments and questions. So the topic is the ethical unfair advantage. And so I'm going to explain what this is and just tell you how you can work it. Number one, ethical unfair advantage is defined as where you put yourself in a position that you have a leg up on your competition that is not against the rules. You are not violating anyone's rights. You are not cheating in any way, but you give yourself a better than 50, 50 chance of winning. Just like the casino, has a better than 50-50 chance of winning. Everybody logically understands this, yet we still go in there and give away our money to casinos every chance we get. If you're a basketball player and you're 6'8", you have an advantage over the guy who's 5'8". You don't want to put yourself in a 50-50 situation. That's called gambling. Gambling is unpredictable. And if you gamble often enough, eventually you're going to lose. Professionals do not do this. Professionals are predictable in their work. They're predictable in the results they get. And smart people always play when they have an advantage. If they don't have an advantage, they do not play. Point number two, play the game on your terrain. As Sun Tzu said, you know yourself, you know the terrain, you know your enemy. 
in 100 battles, you will never be in peril. So what is your game? Where are you better than other people? Where do you have a head start on your competition? That's the game you need to be playing. Just like people who invest, people don't invest when they don't have some type of advantage, informational advantage, access advantage, a time advantage. They can just do things that you can't do. Nobody who does well in the long-term investing is doing it just because they're lucky or they just think they're smarter than the rest of the world. You probably won't be smarter than everybody in the world put together, but when you have an advantage that they cannot take advantage of, that's when you beat other people and all wise people do this. And the good thing about all of this is nobody is in a situation where they don't have an unfair advantage. The problem for many of us is we don't know what our unfair advantage is and or we try to play a game where we don't have an unfair advantage, lose, and then complain that we don't have an advantage and complain that we're losing. Well, the problem is, dummy, you're playing the wrong game. You're playing a game where you don't have an advantage. Put yourself in a situation where no one else has, or at least you have more an advantage than most of your competition. That's when you can win. And number three, your job in life is to continually create and exploit advantages. This is what, I mean, this is, you should be spending a considerable amount of time on things in which you have an advantage or looking for places where you have an advantage. When I saw an app like Clubhouse, I said, I know this is for me. I've been in podcasting. I've been podcasting on a damn near 2,000 days straight. We're almost there a couple weeks from there. And I knew that the sound of my voice, even if people couldn't see me, and I don't like video editing, and they couldn't read anything, they could just hear my voice. I knew that would work for me because I've been doing it on a podcast already. So when I saw Clubhouse, I said, okay, this is just the power of my voice. I don't need to edit a video. I don't need to take a picture. I need to be here on this app. When I saw the Wisdom app, I said, I need to be here because I know I have an ethical, unfair advantage when it's just voice against voice. And again, I'm an athlete, so I'm sorry, y'all. I look at everything as a competition on some level. So that's why I, when I saw this, I immediately took to it. And this is what we all need to be doing, and this is what I mean by playing the game. If you're pleasing on the eyes, make videos, take photos. You have a great voice, use your voice. If you're great at writing, write. Floyd Mayweather, not a slugger, but he outpoints people, and that's why he was able to win. He never allowed any opponent to force him to play their game. He made them play his game, and that's why he was always winning. And everyone who was successful in life, if you look at any person that you believe that you see as successful by your definition of the word, they are always playing the game on their terrain and they make everyone else play their game. They never allow someone else to dictate the tempo to them. And if you watch sports, you see great teams, great athletes do this successfully every single day. Entrepreneurs do it. Business people do it. Brand builders do it. Anyone who is successful does it. So all the successful people in this room, you're doing it all the time. Maybe you never thought about it like this. But that's why I'm here. But we all do this all the time. It's dumb to play another person's game. You're setting yourself up for failure and defeat if you do that. You win when you know your game and you play your game. So with all that being said, if someone has a, a question or a comment that they can add to anything that I've said here today, please unmike and share. Hopefully somebody has something here. I'm going to mute myself. Hey, I do. This is Lolita Walker. How are you? One What's super going on, powerful Lolita? episode. Appreciate you. Absolutely. I was trying to get back to my screen. You know, when you're on another screen, I was taking a look at your Instagram. You know, you have to go back. But what I wanted to really, really commend you for, for, for really bringing to the table is this unfair advantage. And I think it's really changing the perspective of how we see ourselves in the positions of where we are. And if we look at exactly what you said, if we look at where we are, and how we are the top dog inside of that space. But also, here's the deal, is knowing our strengths. I love that you said that, really knowing our strengths. And quite frankly, a lot of us 
don't yet know if somebody was to ask us, what's your top three strengths? People struggle with it. And the encouragement today, what I got out of your talk today, not only is making sure that we're thinking differently and we're making sure that we have the advantage and it's okay, it's not unethical, but know your strengths and play to them. I thought it was so super, so super powerful. I don't think I've heard you before, but I absolutely followed you and can't wait to be in other rooms with you. Thanks. This is Lolita with the T. 100% Lolita, I appreciate that feedback and I'm glad you glad you came across me randomly here today. So you are 100% correct is that knowing that strength and the thing is all of us have a strength. All of us have a wealth inside of us. All of us have at least one talent. Most of us have more than one. Challenge again, as I said, many of us spend so much time trying to force a square peg into a round hole or not even noticing our own talents and then we wonder why we're not winning. But when you put yourself in a place where you have that advantage, you will be winning. You'll have a leg up on the competition just from getting started. So 100%. Thank you for that feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, who else has a comment? That hey, Elijah. Like TF, man. Uh, I certainly want to echo uh, Lolita's comments, man. Powerful message this morning. Man, I mean, increase your odds, right? I mean, that, that whole 51-49, how important it is. I think many of us um, really, truly in our heart want to be fair we want a fair fight but man you you broke this thing down and explained it in such a way um that that's extremely powerful like know, know your terrain is my biggest takeaway uh out of it all right i mean know your terrain play your own game and i appreciate you and the tremendous value you bring every time you hit the stage tm thanks appreciate you my man tm and yeah knowing that terrain knowing the field that you're playing on knowing the rules of the game that you're in big thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to because we get so focused on ourselves you know, navel gazing we're not even looking around at all right am i even in the right environment so i 100 concur with that i think we got time for maybe one more question or comment someone hey drake this is linda sims can you hear me okay i'm driving so i just wanted to make yes, sure I you can. can hear me okay. how you doing, awesome hi hi nice to meet you awesome awesome i love how you utilize uh, being at the casino you utilize basketball and you utilize just in general knowing your strengths. So I love that. The thing, you know, with casinos, you know, people already know their odds, but a lot of times it's the intention behind going to the casino. You're going for fun. You're going for whatever, maybe not necessarily for the massive riches that you think you may get. So it's about the intention with regards to that. And then the skill set that you were talking about when we were talking about basketball or football, or whatever, knowing what your skill set is. You're not trying to be Kobe Bryant if you know you can't shoot a foul shot or you can't dribble or you can't whatever. You're not trying to be Shaquille. You have to know what your strengths are. And the thing is, for me, I utilize the Strength Finders 2.0. Never heard of, not, not, don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it allows you to find out exactly what your skills are, and that's with respect to dealing with other people, um, and and it's something that's specific to you. So a lot of times we want to develop our weaknesses, but that helps you develop your strengths so that you can know what your strengths are. But thank you so much, Dre. I love, love, love this. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate that feedback and definitely focusing more time on the strengths and the weaknesses will produce a higher return on investment. So 
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.